Okay, today we are in chapter 18, Wisdom, part 16, the book of Proverbs, part 16. And um, to open up the teaching, we have a question. It's in your outline. And um, the question is... Friendly or unfriendly? How will you describe yourself? How will you describe yourself? Will you describe yourself as a friendly person? Or will you describe yourself as an unfriendly person? <laughs> okay. Is a hand up? So give her the mic. Friendly or I would describe myself unfriendly. Because as what? Unfriendly. As unfriendly. Okay. Because um, I get annoyed easily, and people make me angry a lot, and yeah, that's it. Because you get annoyed easily, and what? And sometimes I like can't manage my anger. You can't manage. Sometimes unfriendly. you can't manage. Anger, so you, yeah. you drive people away, kind of. Okay. That's very honest. Let's clap for. Let's clap for her. You know. Uh, <laughs> so she defines herself as pretty unfriendly. <laughs> okay, watch out. <laughs> yeah, I thought I saw a hand. Where is that hand? Okay, yes, please. Tell us. Friendly or unfriendly? Good evening, Pastor. Good evening. I would think I'm friendly because every time I go to a new place, I always make new friends. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. So, friendly or friendly? One more. Adult, 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 adult. <laughs> okay. There's another okay, let's we'll take that. And we'll take um, Mr. Madden and we'll take has, has, and has. Go. And him. Yes. Good evening, sir. Good evening. I'm a very friendly, sociable person. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. <laughs> okay. Why do, you think, why do you think you are? Because uh, I tend to make... Uh, People laugh a lot. Okay. And I tend to have friends easily. Easily. Yes, sir. Okay. Okay. Good. Yes. Friendly or unfriendly? Praise the Lord. <laughs> well, because um, this question is somehow. And um, <laughs> yes, because um, if you say you are friendly mm-hmm. or you say you are unfriendly, mm-hmm. it's people that will tell you how you are. Mm. Um, but well, for me, I am friendly. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I'm friendly because um, wherever place I am, right. I am always friendly. Oh. I play with people. Okay. I laugh a lot. Okay. And um, well, um, at times, you know, people being what they are, mm. Can bring out your bring friendly out, side. Um, yes, okay. at times. At so times. you are friendly and unfriendly, <laughs> <laughs> depending on the situation. <laughs> okay, so we take that last, and we are done. Good evening, Pastor. Hi. Good evening, Pastor. Well, I'm kind of friendly, but usually I'm unfriendly. 
because I kind of have anger issues. And whenever somebody asks me so, for something, I usually say no. Okay. So at least you have diagnosed that you have anger issues. And it, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, so our young ones that are having anger issues, where are they getting them from? <laughs> eh? Your parents are very gentle. They can't get angry for anything. Right? <laughs> okay, so Proverbs 18. Proverbs 18 from verse 1. Proverbs 18, 1. It says, unfriendly people care only about themselves. They lash out at common sense. Fools have no interest in understanding. They only want their own ways. Doing wrong leads to disgrace and scandalous behavior brings contempt. Wise words are like deep waters. Wisdom flows from the wise like a bubbling brook. It is not right to acquit the guilty and to deny justice to the innocent. Fools' words get them into constant quarrel, constant trouble. They are asking for a beating. The mouth of fools are their ruin. They trap themselves with their lips. Rumors are dainty muscles that sink deep into one's heart. A lazy person is as bad as someone who destroys things. The name of the Lord is a strong fortress. The godly run to him and are safe. The rich think of their wealth as a strong defense. They imagine it will be a high wall of safety. Haughtiness goes before destruction. Humility precedes honor. Spouting off before listening to the facts is both shameful and foolish. The human spirit can endure a sick body, but who can bear a crushed spirit? Intelligent people are always ready to learn. Their ears are open for knowledge. Giving a gift can open doors. It gives access to important people. The first to speak in court sounds right until the cross-examination begins. Flipping a coin can end arguments. It settles disputes between powerful opponents. An offended friend is harder to win back than a fortified city. Arguments separate friends like a gate locked with bars. Wise words satisfy like a good meal. The right words bring satisfaction. The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. The man who finds a wife finds a treasure and he receives favor from the Lord. The poor lead, plead for mercy. The rich answer with insults. 
their friends will destroy each other, but real friends, a real friend stick closer than a brother. The Lord bless the reading and the understanding of his words in Jesus' name. As you can see, this chapter is super loaded. It's super packed. And um, it's, it's, we will um, touch on a few talking points, as it were, teaching points. And we will leave you to wrestle with the rest at home when you go back to read. So Proverbs 18 teaches us about three things, mainly teaches us about words, the words we speak, teaches us about life, and it teaches us about friendship. So Proverbs 18 teaches us about words, life, and friendship. If, if, you, are, if you are writing, you should be writing. There's a space provided for that. So we will jump right in. Proverbs 18 teaches us about words. Words. Verse 7 says, Proverbs 18, 7, The mouth of fools are their ruin. They trap themselves with their lips. So God is saying that the many people or many of the troubles we get into is because of our mouths. Is because of our mouths. Is because of our mouths. And God says in His Word that if you can't, if your mouth keeps getting you into trouble, uh, He said, not me, that you're a fool. Because the mouth of fools keeps bringing them to ruin. The mouth of fools. If you if if there's tension in your relationships, if you check. 80%, if not more, of every tension in a marriage can be traced to this mouth organ. If husband and wife both know how to talk with wisdom, there will be no, almost no strife in every marriage. Almost. Apart from the strife of, you gave me one piece of meat instead of two. As, as the man, I should be eating two pieces of meat. <laughs> but that also can be controlled with how you communicate it. So, what's my point? My point is this. Think about it for those that are, that are married or for those that have been married. The tongue is usually the problem. The, the words you speak is usually what causes the catastrophe. If only you could have spoken with some little more wisdom, the situation would have been better. Praise the name of the Lord. So I, I know, no, I know you're sitting there, you're thinking, what about the other person? That's usually what the problem is. You are always thinking about the other person. You are not responsible for the other person. You are only responsible for, for yourself. So, when you stand before God, you are not going to give account on what your wife said. You are not going to give account of what your husband said. You are going to give account of what you said. Hey, but God, 
he, he provoked me. It's what you said. Or she provoked me, but it's what you said. Verse 21 says to us that the tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Those who love it will eat the fruit thereof. So the, 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 the word of God is not saying don't talk because there are some people that says, oh, they said if I talk now, eh, I can cause trouble, so I'm not going to talk. So you are home, you don't want to talk. What's the problem? Nothing. How are you doing? Hi. Do you feel like talking? No. Because you think that eh, if I talk now, they will say I am troublesome. If I talk now, they will say I am foolish. If I talk now, they will say I don't have discretion. But what if you talk and you talk with wisdom? What if you talk and you talk with discretion? What if you talk and you talk peacefully, not in anger? Why do you see yourself as someone that only when they open their mouth, it's only anger that comes out? Why do you see yourself as such a person? Why don't you see yourself as God sees you, as, as someone that is filled with wisdom? Someone that knows that life and death are in the tongue. Someone that will not use the death power, but will use the life-giving power of the tongue. Why don't you deploy that? Why don't you deploy the part that is life-giving in the tongue? So, your friend upsets you, and you really want to lash out, but you want to speak life, and you choose to speak life. The Bible says you're a wise person, and you've just created life. But if someone upsets you and you keep spitting bile, it can also kill. The same tongue that can give life can also kill. Praise the name of the Lord. So in any life, in any relationship, in any situation, you cannot rise above your words. You cannot rise above your words. Your friendships can rise above your words. Your relationship, either with your son, or with your daughter, or with your friend, or with your spouse, can't rise above the words you speak. And innocently, we desire a better life. We desire a better relationship. We, we desire things to be better. So if you want to take your life to the next level, you take your words to the next level. If you want to take the quality of your relationship to the next level, you take the words you speak in there to the next level. That's what the word of God says. Verse 20. Still on words. Wise words satisfy like a good meal. The right words bring satisfaction. 
Have you spoken, have a conversation with someone and you leave the presence of the person and it feels as if you are satisfied? It's as if you have just eaten a good meal. It's as if you don't chop belly full, as my people would say. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Those are wise words. And God wants people to leave your presence. People to leave your presence feeling satisfied. Feeling that they've had a good meal. Verse 4 says, Words bubble up from waters deep within a person. A stream gushes from the fountain of wisdom. Verse 6, fools, fools' words get them into constant quarrels. They are asking for what? For a beating. <laughs> now, let me separate the two parts of that verse. This is very sobering. If you find out that every time you engage in, in whatever relationship that there is, whether with your son, with your daughter, with your spouse, with your boss, with your colleague, every time you really engage, your words are always getting in you into constant quarrels. The Bible says you're a fool. I didn't say you're a fool. I, I'm very respectful. But that's what the Bible says. So you, you are talking like this and someone is getting angry and then you, you continue to talk like that. And the person is getting upset and there's quarrel. Then you continue to talk the same way and there's a quarrel. And you continue to talk the same way and there's a quarrel. God is saying something is wrong with you. You're not thinking. And it's a big deal. You know, one of the things I find about the book of Proverbs is that it makes, it makes me uncomfortable. I mean, have you, have you discovered that? It, you know, the book of Proverbs actually makes me very uncomfortable. You know, it, 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 the Proverbs words, the words of Proverbs from this book on the Bible have a way of just saying things, you know, boom, 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 boom. You know, I mean, I'm like, God, can't you use another word? You know, <laughs> Lord, it's not respectful to tell me that I'm a fool because I'm always causing trouble. What if trouble is in my nature? And God says exactly that's what I'm saying. You're a fool. Think about it. Think about it. If you have a son, and your son maybe is 15, by 15, the boy has an idea of what he wants to do. He may be wrong. He may be very short-sighted. But he has an idea of what he wants to do. And you are always at his neck. You are always at his, And there's always tension. There's always, you know... God is saying, something is wrong. Don't look at the boy. Look at yourself. If you are the boy, don't look at your mom. Look at yourself. Something is wrong. Constant bickering. 
is proof that there's a fool somewhere. Praise the Lord. Then the, the, the second part says they are asking for what? For a beating, you know. <laughs> He's interested, you know. Have you felt, honestly, you know, have you felt relating with people that I wish I could beat up this person? If you have ever felt that way, put up your hand. I'm putting up my hand. I have actually felt, you know, one time I, I said, I said to, ah, Chini, you have felt like beating people. Yes, ah, <laughs> you too. Ah, no wonder you are friendly. But you become friendly, Jesus. <laughs> I'm joking. Anyway, so the, the point is this. The point is this. Of course, I also have felt like slapping people. There are people you are, you, you are talking with, it's as if, the way their foolishness is oozing, their cheeks is saying, slap me, slap me. <laughs> I kid you not. And I actually feel like, but I have to control myself. I submit to the Holy Spirit. And I've, to date, by God's grace, I've never slapped anybody, including fools. I, I, I mean, okay, okay, since I, since I, since I became a pastor. <laughs> because I've slapped many people before. But, I mean, since I've, you know, <laughs> I have become a changed person. Since I even gave my life to Jesus, I don't think I've slapped anybody. You know, the way they deserve it. Some people, their cheeks deserves just one. So just one slap. They will, they will reset. They'll be fine. They'll be okay. You know, <laughs> you know they're just oozing out foolishness. It's too much sometimes. But the Bible says that, they are, you know, how Proverbs just says things as they are. It doesn't say you should slap them. It says, but their cheeks is asking for what? For beating. If you, if you look at the voice translation of the B part, it says, it's as if his mouth is begging for a beating. That's what the, the voice is saying. So, Proverbs has a way of saying things the way they are, but not recommending that you necessarily take that step. So, it's saying that the person is so foolish, the amount is asking for a beating, but did he say you should beat him? No. So, you can't beat someone and quote the scriptures that his mouth, pastor, his mouth was begging for a beating. <laughs> was begging for a beating. You can't. You know, the same way he talked about the bribe thing, you know, He's not saying you should bribe. He's saying this is what happens. This is exactly what happens. Okay, so words. Do we have any questions with words before we dive into life? We're going to zoom through life. Do we have any questions with words? Words. Okay, since there are no questions, life. Verse 22. It says, the man who finds a wife, finds a treasure, and he receives favor from the Lord. And, and this is a very instructive life wisdom that kind of set the tone of how things play out between a man and a woman as it regards eventually becoming husbands and wives. So he says, a man that finds a wife, finds a treasure. So 
A wife is a treasure. Praise the Lord. Yeah. It finds a treasure. So it also puts, it kind of puts the responsibility of the finding on the man. Right? So the man that finds a wife finds a treasure. But, you know, these days, some women are finding husbands. And they are finding treasures. Maybe trouble, trouble treasure. <laughs> you know? So the, questions have, the question have been, can a woman now propose? Should a woman take the initiative? What if the man is slow? And you're sure that is who your, should be your husband? Should you help him? After all, yeah, a help suitable for him. <laughs> okay, so how many says um, the woman should not find actively and propose to a husband? Should not. Okay. Good. How many people say a woman can actively find and propose to a husband? Don't be shy. Come on. Okay. One, two, three. Elizabeth, you think so? Nina, you have work. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> okay. 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 Put out your hands. How many <laughs> Your dad is looking at you. You're in trouble. <laughs> How many people think that it depends? Sometimes. Okay, give, give Pastor Lamine the mic. It depends sometimes. Yeah, let's have it. Okay, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, when, when you asked that question, what actually came to my mind was the story of Ruth. Um, she did not actively, but um, passively. The, exactly. So it depends. Sir. Okay. So can you bring it to to, to present day? How how Ruth went and lay at the feet of Boaz, right? What does how, what does that mean to us? How can our ladies go and find a feet to lie? Sir. <laughs> For example, sir, uh -huh. when um, a man likes, a brother likes a sister. A brother. <laughs> <laughs> and the sister likes the brother and they both know, but, but the brother has decided to be playing Ludo. You know, so the, the sister can change the game from Ludo to chess mm. and tactfully encourage him to. Mm. Can you give us an example of how she can? <laughs> We, I, we want to learn, don't we? Ah, so. Just, okay, that's okay, that's okay. That's, that's putting you under too much pressure. <laughs> okay. So, when the guy, the, 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 the guy likes the babe, the babe likes the guy. Okay, brother. The brother likes the sister. And the sister likes the brother. And, and they both know but the boy is, or the guy, or the brother, is playing Ludo that he should change the game to chess. Hmm. 
you need to unpack that one. Lovely, <laughs> but I, I get what you're saying, you know, because you need to you need to we need to be strategic and just um, <laughs> do what you have to do sometimes. Praise God. Because if you go and find yourself a husband, you have to take care of your, what you have found. So don't complain when you are taking care of the bills and you are, yeah, because you found yourself a, a husband. And he will remind you. He will remind you. Ah, did I, were you not the one that, uh, I was sitting down, yeah, yeah. minding my own business. <laughs> There's so much in this. You know, he that finds a wife. Unfortunately, some men find some women that are not wives. So it, it's not followed by God's favor. You cannot go and find a You know what I mean. Verse 8. <laughs> Rumors are dainty muscles, like a bar, like Amala, you know? No muscles of, you know, solid food that when you take it, it sinks deep. The, I don't know says it penetrates into the person's being, into one's heart. So that's how. Rumors don't need to be chewed. They are so sly that once you... How many people chew about hair? No, you don't. You chew about... Ah, they didn't teach you well. When you put about, you should just swallow. That's why they call it swallow. <laughs> There's a reason they call it swallow. You know... So, so, rumors are, are usually taken in mindlessly because it's appealing, it's, it's seductive, it's, oh, what is going on there? What is, so, it just, it's just entering and entering. And, and God is, is saying, again, this is fact. This fact. But God is saying, as we've read from the other um, passages before now, that you should stay away from rumor mongers. You should not even touch rumors with a long pole. If someone brings rumor your way, a wise person, a wise person detests rumors. You know, a lot of the responses on how to deal with rumors, I think, was it last week or two weeks ago, was people say they just keep quiet. They don't say yay nor nay. If you keep quiet, you are empowering and supporting the rumor. So you're a part of the rumor. Someone comes to you with rumor, you shut it down. You shut it down. So make up your mind to be hostile to rumor mongers. 
The word is hostility. They must feel your hostility. They must feel your hostility. Okay. So quickly, spouting off before listening to the facts is both shameful and foolish. To respond to a matter before you hear about it shows, off, shows foolishness and brings shame. So when you hear something and you are quick to respond without even really hearing it. I mean, have you, do you have people in your life that as you begin to speak, they are giving you answers? Then you pause. When they finish giving you the answers, then you say to them, but you didn't hear what I wanted to say. Say, well, so what did you want to say? Then you tell them what you want to say. Say, hey, I didn't know that was what you wanted to say. Foolish person. That's a foolish person. But you are going to be wise. In Jesus' name. So don't be quick to respond. Be slow to speak. Be quick to, to listen. Be slow to rot. And verse 17 that we read said that the person who tells one side of the story seems right. You know, everyone, everyone that is a pastor and counseling in, in, in church knows this. You don't hear one side of the story. If somebody has told you one side of the story, just no matter how sweet it is, you know the, the first person to narrate a story always sound very... And if you are not discerning, you can't judge the other person without listening. But God says, don't do it. He says, don't do it. He says, until someone else comes and asks questions. Or, you know, the NLT talks about the person being cross-examined, paints a, a court situation. So when someone gives a testimony in court, the person usually would sound convincing. But when someone cross-examines the person, you can see a lot of holes. And so bottom line, there is always, always another side to the story. Always another side to the story. Always. A woman came to church and says to the pastor, oh, my husband has beaten me up. Look at it. Look at the... Um, the scars. Most of the time, you pastor, you'll be upset. Where is the man? Da, 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 da. But if you understand this, you would console her, but you want to hear the other side of the story. In a particular case, what had happened is the woman had said to the man, you will beat me today. You know, I don't know, I mean, some women are just amazing. Today, you will beat me. And she held his belt. <laughs> And the guy wouldn't. And she was banging her head on the wall. She was banging her head on the wall. Then came to church. See, my husband is, is an animal. You know, but after listening to the man, I called the woman and said, listen, you are in God's presence. You know? You know why you want to make people say the truth? You need to bring the fear of God into them. So... <laughs> So this is God's house. 
Did he beat you? Yes, he was pushing me. I said, mm, 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 mm. you held his belt. He says, yes. And he was pushing me. He was trying to get free from you. Everybody was pushing me. He says, but did he punch you? All these wounds, where did he get you from? He said, you hit your head against the wall. And when he was pushing me, But madam, did you, this is God's house, did you hit your head? She did. She hit her head against the wall multiple times. Held the man, you are not going, today you will beat me. And the man wanted to run for his life. So he was trying to get free from her. So if you had heard one side of the story, then you have mobilized some pastors to go and, you know, Harass the man, you be you be embarrassed because there's always no matter how sweet it is, there's always another side to the story. My friend, this this did that this there's always another side to the story. Verse 15 says, intelligent people are always ready to learn, their ears are open to knowledge. I leave you to unpack that. Let's go straight to verse 9. Verse 9 says, a lazy person is as bad as someone who destroys things. A lazy person is as bad as someone who destroys things. The NCV says, a person who does not work is just like someone who destroys things. So, laziness is not a neutral position. You know, many times we think, when we are lazy, we are neutral, we are passive, we are coasting. No, God is saying, when you are lazy, you are destructive you are actually it's negative it's a negative position you are actually destructive NIV says one who is slack in his work is brother to one who destroys one of these um, trick of the enemy uses to, to lure people into being lazy is that it's as, we have this sense that if our gear is on neutral. You know, when you are lazy, you feel you are on neutral. You are just neutral. God is saying you are on reverse. You are actually reversing. That's what God is saying. So, every time you want to be lazy, you are not, going, you are not on neutral. Though. You are on reverse. And the more you are on reverse, by the time you wake up, you are not on the same spot. Destruction has happened. That will not be your portion. In the name of Jesus. Okay, so verse 12. I will leave you with verse 12. Haughtiness goes before destruction. Humility before prize. Verse before honor. Precise honor. Verse 16 says, giving a gift can open doors. It gives access to important people. It's a fact. It's a fact. You know, Many times, you, when, you, when you want to give, you need to understand that you give down for what? For health. You give up for what? For wealth. When you give people that... You think, oh, this person has money. What do I give? You know, <laughs> someone gave me something. I said that they were, they were, he and his wife were confused. That 
What do you give a man that doesn't need anything? You know, you give him what is valuable anyway. So when you give up, you are creating, the Bible says that it opens doors for you. It opens doors for you. There are things that, <laughs> there are relationships that because you honor the person and you give gifts, you're not bribing. God is saying this is how the world works. This is how the world works. You are make, a gift makes room. Makes room in the person's heart. If the person is a spiritual person, there's room in his heart to pray for you. Do you know how many people send text messages <laughs> to certain to their pastors? Pastors will pray for them. I pray for everybody. But there are some certain people that when the pastors get to, let me tell you a story of a friend of mine, not me, so don't look at me badly. A friend of mine, <laughs> he said that he was um, in, a, in a fix and, you know, he's, 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 he's a really powerful man of God, and, you know, and he had a lot of issues and people would come to him with their problems and he's happy to serve and obviously he will minister to them and, you know, serve and, and, there was this lady that came and, you know, she, she didn't so much has a prayer point, but he hasn't eaten. And nobody knew that the man of God didn't have food. So this woman took him out, gave him how much? Thousands of dollars and all that. This, my friend, says that, he said that prophecy, <laughs> that, that the, the way prophecy was flowing, that he himself was afraid. That prophecy was just flowing. Accurate prophecy. This, that, that. He was just prophesying. She says, enough. She says, not enough. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying, I mean, that is the right model. I'm not judging him. But I understand what has happened to him. You see, that gift opens up his own gifts to work for that person. Absolutely. Now, the other ones that received prayer, they did not receive prayer. They received prayer. The, prayer. the man was laboring to pray. He wasn't fasting. He was hungry. And they collect prayer. They go. <laughs> Say, God bless you, pastor. <laughs> Praise God. The right, the voice transition says, the right gift at the right time and open up new opportunities and gain access to influential people. The right gift at the right time. Okay, straight. Number 10, verse 10, for time. There's so much in that, but for time. The name of the Lord is a strong fortress. The godly run into it and they are safe. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. It's a strong tower. It's a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. Who are the righteous? Those that are blood, bought with the blood of Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. They run into the name of the Lord and they are safe. So the strong tower is the name of the Lord. If you, if you go to verse 11, it says the rich put their trust in their riches. They see their riches as, as strong towers. I know it's not my notes, but it's in your Bible. If you check verse 
11, that they see their riches as their strong tower. Sometimes when people have a lot of money, they, they are deceived. Rich think that their wealth is a strong defense. They are deceived. But we know that the name of the Lord is what? It's a strong tower. It's a strong tower. It's a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. Amen. So finally, friendship. Friendship. Verse 1 says to us, unfriendly people care only about themselves. So, if people that are unfriendly are, are likely selfish people. Selfish people cannot have friends. At least genuine friends. Do you know that? When you're selfish, when it, all you think about is yourself. Oh, you know, you, you, are, you are meeting someone, you are thinking already, how the person can benefit you, how, you know, what can you get from the person. You know, you're not thinking of how can I be a blessing to this person? How can I, you know... So, if you don't have friends, it simply means you're unfriendly. Check your life. Do you have friends? Do you have real friends? If you do, it means you are friendly. So, Elizabeth, you are friendly. You have good friends. And um, what's your name again? Chimamanda, sorry. You are friendly because you have a friend right beside you. Yeah, you just thought you were not friendly, but you are. If you don't have friends, if you look around you, you don't have friends. You are not a friendly person. And it means that unfriendly people care only about themselves. It means you're a selfish person. Verse 2, fools have no interest in understanding. They only want their own opinion. So it, it, God is also likening unfriendliness to foolishness. Because unfriendliness is actually foolishness. Verse 19 says, an offended friend is harder to win back than a fortified city. There are people that... We want the, the friendship back, but it's gone. Arguments separate friends like a gate locked with bars. So such fights, the voice translation says, as tough, are as tough as the iron gates of a castle. So when you have a friend and you lose that friend, it's difficult to get that friend back. It's possible. It's possible to, 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 um, to conquer a fortified city, but you would have paid a big price. So, it's better not to lose a, a true friend. It's better to, to cherish that relationship. And finally, verse 24 says, they are friends who destroy each other. Friends in quotes. So if you have friends that destroy, that are trying to pull you down, they are not friends. Though. So they are friends who destroy each other. But 
a real friend sticks closer than a brother. Can you be that real friend to someone that you will stick closer to the person than the person's family? Can you be that real friend? The NIV says, one who has unreliable friends soon come to ruin. But there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. And guess what? He in you, Jesus in you, wants you to be that friend that sticks closer than a brother to someone else. And of course, what you sow, you will reap. Do we have any questions? Thank you for listening to this. I want to encourage you to share this resource with your family and friends. God bless you.